the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready for the word? Praise him. This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast and I pray as being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So, without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. It's called Recovery and Restoration. Just like all of you, I love the Bible that our Father gave to me and you. Among many things it teaches us who our God is and what He's made available to all of us who are His. One of the things that He shares with us is that our God is a God of recovery and restoration. He's a God who will bring recovery and restoration to any or all areas that need recovery and restoration in our lives. That's including things we never thought could be, much less ever would be, restored or recovered in our lives. Our God is not only able, but Scripture says that He's willing and wanting to do it for me and you. All we have to do is believe God's promises of recovering restoration in His Word to be true, and He'll do it for me and you. We'll flat out be blessed when He does it for me and you. So, without further ado, let me share today's message with you about recovery and restoration. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. If you got a Bible which I invite you to turn to Joel chapter 2 and get ready for this word I've got for you. That's going to bless you, not stress you, but allow you to step into the best of what God has in store for you. Joel chapter 2. We'll begin reading at verse 21. It reads like this. Fear not, O land. Be glad and rejoice for the Lord will do great things. Be not afraid, ye beasts of the field, for the pasture of the wilderness do spring, for the tree beareth her fruit, the fig tree and the vine do yield their strength. Be glad then, ye children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month. And the floor shall be full of wheat, and the vat shall overflow with wine and oil. And I will restore to you the years that the locust hath eaten. The cattle, the canker worm, and the caterpillar, and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent among you. And ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God that have dealt wondrously with you. And my people shall never be ashamed. And ye shall know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God, and none else. And my people shall never be ashamed. I said never be ashamed. Praise God. Eastside Detroit version say never. Praise God. Never be ashamed. You'll never be ashamed. Why? Because God's going to come through for you in Jesus' name. He's going to do everything for you that he said he's going to do. And this is one of the many things in this word that he promised us that he's going to do for me and you. And that's causing a restoration and recovery to be able to come into the midst of our lives in Jesus' name. So that we can get back and regain some things that was lost or taken away from me and you. 
so he can make up for and make good for things that was lost and damaged by me and by me and you or from me and you. And we can reclaim from a bad state of, of, of practice and be able to turn it back into a good state in practice. So it can be able to regain some things and then bring them back into usable form. In fact, as we already learned, better than they was before. Why? Because God's going to cause things to be recovered in our lives. Recovery is coming our way. That's the regaining of a possibility of regaining something that was lost or taken away. God's about to bring it back to you because we know who the thief was. And the Bible said, if the thief be found, he's going to return it to you. Not only return it, he's going to return it to you sevenfold too and double for your trouble. Anybody ready for double to come to you? Praise God. Praise God. As well as an improvement in the economy marking at the end of a recession or a decline. Well, things might have been in decline, but that's going to end it this time. Well, God's going to return things back into the state that they're supposed to be in, and that is that upwardness that reflects the God that's, that, w- that we live in. Praise God. God is causing the recovery and restoration to be able to happen in the midst of our life, and causing restitution to be able to come in our lives too, which means that which was stolen from me and you, God has given us even more than it was that was taken from me and you. It's almost as though the devil did us a favor by robbing us. Praise God. Because God's going to bless us tremendously because of what was taken from us. Well, we've been looking more recently on the fact that we've been talking about the recovery and restoration of substance, of stuff, of things that you can put your hands on, tangible, substantial things that God wants to retort to you. Property that was stolen from you. Goods and riches. He said he's going to restore that to you too. I know we're living in a, in a time that people don't like talking about that no more. Even faith folk don't like talking about that no more. Like, you know, they almost get embarrassed by the fact that God wants you blessed. Praise God. Well, I ain't embarrassed by the fact that God wants me blessed. Is anybody here embarrassed about how God wants you blessed? Amen. If so, go ahead and turn. No, accept your riches and give them to me. Praise God. No, don't give them to me because then people will think it's me, the rich, the, the, the preacher. Just give it to the church so we can be able to call some other people to be blessed too. Praise God. You stay broke and then God will make sure the other get, people get blessed too. God is causing recovery and restoration of things in our lives. Praise God. But we found out, but it still requires our obedience. Because he said, if you be willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. You got to be willing to do what God, to receive what God has in store for you. And you got to be willing to be obedient and allow those things to be able to happen for you that God wants to happen for you. Last time we got together that I had a privilege to be able to talk to you, we found out God chooses to do things for and through people who other people wouldn't choose to do them for and through. God will do things for folk who turn to Second First Corinthians chapter 1. You had a look on your face like you don't know what I'm talking about. Praise God. First Corinthians. I understand it was a week from the last time I had talked to you. Praise God. Amen. You give it a minute, people forget it. Praise God. But that's all right. I ain't scared to remind you. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. God chooses to do things for and through people who other people wouldn't choose, regardless to who you were even as a person prior to him doing what it is he do for you. That doesn't matter. Oh, folk, you say don't give God no never mind what God thinks at that time about what he wants to do for you. When God's ready to bless you, God's going to bless you. In fact, as quiet as it's kept, and we found out last time we got together, that almost it seems like the worse you are, the more God will choose you to do what he want to do. Look at your neighbor and say, hey, you eligible, you eligible. Praise God, amen. First Corinthians chapter 1, at least according to scripture, verse 26, it says, for you see a calling, brother, and we found out that word calling is an invitation, that God invites us into something. Praise God. For you see a calling, brother, 
How there are not many wise men after the flesh. Not many mighty, not many noble are called. Now we found out that those wise men are talking about wise in any general sense, which was speaking more specifically about that they have the wisdom of the world. They have the wisdom and the knowledge of the world. But God doesn't choose many people who are wise in the things of the world, but are wise enough to do what he wants them to do. Not many people that are mighty, which means powerful or capable. You might not be capable. You might be powerful to do what it is that God is calling you to do in and of yourself. But remember, once he calls you to do it, you're no longer in and of yourself. Once he calls you to do it, he has now covenanted with you to be able to allow you to have access to his grace, which is access to all of his operational power, all of his operational strength, and all of his operational ability. All he needs you to do is provide the faith and the obedience. He says he'll provide everything else. Praise God. And he doesn't call many noble people after the flesh. And, of course, the word noble, we found out, means well-born. People who are born so-called on the right side of the tracks. But it's irrelevant whether you were born on the right side of the tracks. It's whether you were born under the cross. Praise God. Because if you was born under the cross, then you can get what God has in store for you. And he's inviting you to be able to live in this what he has in store for you. Verse 27 says, but God have chosen the foolish things of the world. To confound the wise. And God have chosen the weak things of the world to, become, to, to confound the things that are mighty. And base things of the world and things which are despised hath God chosen. Yea, and the, things which are, and the things which are not to bring to naught the things which are. Look at God. Why is that? That no flesh should glory in his presence. That nobody can brag about, boast about all that happened to them without including in it the fact that God did it. Praise God. So if we're going to brag, we're going to brag on the God that did it. If we're going to brag, we're going to brag on the God that came through. Because we know it wasn't me and you, but we know that God came through and caused those things to be able to happen for me and you. Well, God's about to start doing something in the middle of your life. He's going to commence to doing things in the middle of your life. He's fixing to start getting some fixing going on in the middle of your life. And cause a restoration to be able to come into the middle of your life. And a recovery too. That's what God's got planned for you. But understand it ain't got nothing to do with you. So don't look at you to determine whether or not he's going to do it for you. Because the fact that you don't think you're capable and you don't think you're able. And you don't think you're wise enough and you don't think you're noble enough. Makes you qualified to receive what God has in store for you. You're the perfect candidate for God to bless. Praise God. Turn to Second Kings chapter 4. Oh, man, it's going to get to it today. Second Kings chapter 7. Because we're going to look at a few more people in Scripture, a few people in Scripture, who God chose to be able to do some mighty things to, to bring re- recovery and restoration to them, and eventually through them to the rest of the kingdom too, just like God is choosing you. God is choosing you just like he's choosing them to not only be a blessing to, but also a blessing through, so that he can be able to do some things through you and cause other people to receive the recovery and restoration that God has for them, just like you can receive the one that God has in store for you or going to receive what God has in store for you. Second Kings chapter seven. This of course is a story of a few unlikely people who didn't miss the opportunity to receive the recovery and restoration that God had in store for them, despite the apparent obstacles and difficulties that they face. I said, despite the apparent obstacles 
and difficulties that they will face. Because once again, you already know by being faith people that the moment you begin to move forward in faith to do what God said do, receive what God has in store for you to achieve the things that God's got planned for you, Satan is going to then start throwing obstacles in your way, difficulties in your way. And if he really believed that you was capable of doing great things for God, he probably done pre-put them there. He done put a whole bunch of them there ahead of time so that you can have those in your eyesight and in your mind so that you won't move forward when the opportunity avails itself during this time. But we're not going to let the obstacles and the difficulties of the natural get in the way of the supernatural that God wants to do in the midst of our life. Look at your neighbor and say, you didn't say amen. Don't let it get in your way. Tell them, don't let it get in your way. Amen. Praise God. Don't let it get in your way. Because a lot of us let the, the difficulties and the obstacles that exist in our life to be able to cause us to resist the life that God has in store for me and you. We let the obstacles and the difficulties that exist in our life to cause us to resist the life that God has in store for me and you. But that ain't, that's other folk. That ain't me and you. Let's read about these folks so we can understand what God has planned for me and you. Second Kings chapter seven, beginning in verse one, it says, then Elisha, who, of course, we know to be the prophet of God. Then Elisha said, hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of the Lord. Now, many times in scripture, you just hear where it says, thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord, or thus saith God, or, you know, something like that. This time they put a hear ye the word of the Lord. In front of the thus say of the Lord. Because many times God's talking, but we ain't hearing. Especially when great opportunities are available to you. God's talking, but we ain't hearing. We ain't listening. But God is, God, see, God know us. Just like he knew them. And he's talking, hear ye the word of the Lord before he said, thus say of the Lord. Hear ye the word of the Lord. Just like I came and spoke a word of the Lord to you. About recovery and restoration, and I'm still speaking it to you. But a lot of people ain't listening. That's why he's talking, hear ye the word of the Lord. That word hear right means to hear intelligently. That word hear right here means to hear intelligently. Well, how do you hear intelligently? It's with the implication of attention and obedience. It's to hear intelligently with the implication of, an, of uh, attention and obedience. Well, we'll pay attention to what he's saying to me and you and be willing to obey what it is he's saying to me and you. Pay attention to the word of the Lord that's being said and obey it in any way that the word of the Lord is being said. Obey it in any way that is being said. Somebody say anyway. Anyway. Yeah, any way that is being said. Somebody say anyway. Yeah, any way that is being said. Because sometimes it'll tell you to do something that you in the natural might not want to do. You in the natural don't think you're capable of doing, have the ability to do. Or it might not look too good for you if you go do what it is he said to do, at least in the natural. But remember, 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 we're not talking about the natural. We're talking about the supernatural. Supernatural means above and beyond the natural, greater than the natural. It supersedes the natural, which means that the natural may be there, but don't let that stop you and stand there and stare. Focus on the supernatural that God said this. Who said this? That's why I say, hear ye the word of the Lord. And then he said, the Lord saith. We have to hear the word of the Lord and cooperate with it because God wants to do something in the middle of your life that you have to cooperate with. Because if you don't cooperate with, although the word is spoken, it won't benefit you. You don't believe me? Ask all them folk that's going to hell. 
Salvation has already been purchased. The price has already been paid. The way has already been made, but the hell is still expanding. And why is it still expanding? Because people have not chosen to hear intelligently the word of the Lord. They haven't chose to be willing to obey what the word of the Lord has to say. And that's to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior so that you can live a particular way. They don't want to obey that. And so because of that, they don't cooperate with what God said. And so because of that, they don't receive what God said. It's just really a simple thing. It ain't nothing deep about it. Praise God. You do, you get. You don't, you won't. It's real simple. Praise God. God got it broke down real simple. It takes help to misunderstand the simplicity of the word of God. All of this is for you. Just do what I said do. Believe what I'm saying to you. Because if you believe, you'll do what I say. Because if you don't do what he say, you must not believe what he say. Amen. Well, so I'm going to show it to you here in scripture too. Because you know, there you go. Okay, man, let's, let's, let's read about it. Go back to verse one again. Then Elisha said, hear ye the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. Tomorrow, about this time, shall a measure of flour be sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Now, he made a statement here. He spoke to them about an open door of opportunity that was them to be able to receive the things that he had in store for them. An open door was revealed to a people who ended up with a recovery and restoration as a result of them believing the word of the Lord that came to the people. We're going to also find out that not everybody believed it. And since everybody didn't believe it, everybody didn't receive it. Everybody said, ooh. You mean there's a possibility that although the word of the Lord that was spoken, you cannot get it? Absolutely. Because if you don't cooperate with what it is that the Lord says do by believing what he said and conducting yourself accordingly to what he said to you, then, of course, you will blow the opportunity that was presented to you to be able to receive the things that God has in store for you. That's why Jesus, I believe him, he said in his word, letters in red, this is what Jesus said, I came that they might have life. What you mean, might? You're all powerful, ain't you? It shouldn't have been a shall attached to that. What you mean, might? Might means opportunity because it's dependent upon what you do that determines whether or not this is going to manifest for you. The word of God is true the moment it's spoken. Amen. The question is, is whether you're going to believe what was spoken. Because if you believe it, you'll receive it. If you don't, you won't. Look at your neighbor and say, I believe. I believe. Mm-hmm. And open, an open door was revealed to a people who ended up with the recovery and restoration that God had in store for them. Now, see, God foretells through the prophet Elisha here of an abundant relief that was coming to this besieged people of Samaria. That's who he was talking to, a besieged people of Samaria. Samaria had been besieged by a mighty army, surrounded by an enemy who caused their financial situations to decline to the point that they ain't got nothing going on at that time. In fact, their situations were getting worse and worse by the day because they were besieged constantly every day. Now, you might say, well, how bad was their situation? It was bad. In fact, it was, it was very bad. In fact, it was very, 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 very bad. Well, how bad is that? Turn to 2 Kings chapter 6. 2 Kings chapter 6. Let's see how bad it was. This is how bad their situation was. Remember, not many wise are called. Not many noble. Not many that are powerful. Not many that are capable. You're going to find out they seriously qualify under that category. 2 Kings chapter 6. Let's begin reading at verse 24 so that we can see the extreme of the famine that was in Samaria at the time that he spoke to them. He said in 2 Kings chapter 6 verse 24, 
It says, and it came to pass after this that Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, gathered all his host and went up and besieged Samaria. Now, when he says gathered all his host, the word host is talking about an army. It's an encampment of troops. Troops. That's more than one troop. That's troops. Troops. In such a way was they had enough to be able to cover them from every single angle to besiege them, to cover the entire place. Imagine San Antonio being besieged in such a way where every square mile of San Antonio is surrounded by soldiers, armed soldiers. Every area surrounded them such a way as there's no angle that you can get out of this one. No angle that you can make a move. Nothing coming in, nothing going out. No marketing going on, no business going on, everything, everything that's in there is in there. That's what happens with a besiege, when a besiege occurs. A besiege is where the place where the people live is surrounded with military forces with an intention to bring about its defeat and or its surrender. Why? Because eventually there's this thing called the law of supply and demand. Well, the demand continues, but the supply decreases to the point that it doesn't exist no more. To the point that you used to have a lot of stuff going on, but imagine if they surrounded San Antonio and didn't let any more bread in. No more bottled water in. No more gasoline in. No more, no, no more chicken in. Oh, my God, chicken. Oh, Lord Jesus. Even though Texas is the land of many steaks, they ain't let no more steaks in. No more hamburger. Not for your hamburger helper, praise God, amen, but no more hamburger coming. Nothing, nothing. It's just, just nothing could get in. That means that what you have runs out. Sometimes you can be a person who is in a position where all that you have has seemed to run out. You're down to the bare minimums. You really ain't got it like that no more. You used to have it going on, but now you ain't got it going on no more because Israel was known for their prosperity. But now they broke, as broke can be, just like the church is supposed to be known for its prosperity. But right now it's broke as it could be. You don't believe me? Ask the 98% that don't tithe. And all of them don't do it because of the fact that they just disobedient to God. Most of them do it because they don't believe they can make ends meet with what little they have and still eat meat. They don't believe it. So they don't, so God don't receive it because in their mind, a bird in the hand is worth 10 in the bush, not two, 10, 10 in the bush. Praise God. And I need to hold on to this because it might not be no more coming through. Hey Amen. I'm talking about the 98%. I ain't talking about you. Praise God. You the 2% that does tithe in the body of Christ. Cause you know, where the faith San Antonio is a hundred percent tithe in church. Not because it's required, but because it has the understanding and the revelation of what God has said to them to do. So they don't hold back God's stuff because they know some more coming too. <clears throat> Amen. Praise God. So anyway, these people was besieged. <laughs> Let's just move on from that point. These people was besieged. At least that's what it says. Verse 24, and it came to pass after this that Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, gathered all his hosts and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria. Not a famine. This is a great famine in Samaria. 
And behold, check it out. That's what it means. Check it out. Don't miss this. They besieged it until an ass's head was sold for four score pieces of silver. And the fourth part of a cab of dove's dung for five pieces of silver. So the results of this besieging was so bad that a great famine existed. But you're having a dinner today, man. We haven't dunk your head and dove dung. That's expensive. <laughs> You're laughing, but times get hard. I can tell y'all never been there. You find yourself doing all kind of things that you thought you'd never do. Well, that's all that we have time for today. I hope that you were blessed by what the Word of God had to say. I hope you're finding out what a lot of saints don't know about. That is, our God is a God of recovery and restoration. I hope even more that you're coming to know and believe that God can be and wants to be a God of restoration and recovery to you and me. Knowing God will recover and restore all the things that were stolen and devoured in our lives is good, but believing and receiving it is even better. God wants to do it. All we have to do is believe it's true, cooperate with Him, and let Him bring recovery and restoration into the lives of me and you. He loves us like that. That's why He'll do such a wonderful thing in our lives as that. That is, bring recovery and restoration to us. So. Let's let him bring recovery and restoration to us. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'll be more than glad to send it your way right away. But it's always best when you can get it live. If you're in San Antonio or visiting San Antonio and surrounding areas, come on by and see us. We're located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 645, Saturday afternoons at 430, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation or you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. So just call the church office and arrange a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. So come on through. You'll be so blessed when you do, and we will too. Don't forget to tune in to our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow.